So Money episode 1132, Christy Wallace, CEO of Elevate Network. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. There's a lot of things that were broken before. You know, broken in structures, in, you know, the portion of work, in, you know, access to opportunities. And now is our time to change that. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. As we're close to entering a new year, I'm curious, what are the signs and signals that next year and the years ahead may shape up to be a more hopeful time for female leadership and women in the workplace? We know that 2020 was a particularly hard one for women. My guest today has some insights. Christy Wallace is the CEO of Elevate Network, whose mission is to change the culture of business from the inside out by providing professional women with a supportive community to lean on and learn from. Christy directs the network's staff. She's responsible for business growth and strategy and works closely with Elevate's chapter leaders, business partners, and champions to further Elevate's impact. She also hosts the Elevate podcast, Conversations with Women Changing the Face of Business. She is a mother and an advocate for girls. She's co-chair of the Leadership Advisory Board for the Girl Scouts of Greater New York City. She's also an angel investor with Pipeline Angels, an organization creating capital for women and non-binary femme social entrepreneurs. Christy offers the message we need to be delivering to young girls everywhere as they grow up to inherit this world that we've created. Here's Christy Wallace. Christy Wallace, welcome to So Money. How's it going? It's it's going well. I'm excited for 2021 and hopeful for yeah. for what lies ahead. What gives you hope? <laughs> and I and I laugh and I'm also crying at the same time. Um, but it you know I I want to maybe start off with what are the what are what are you optimistic about? There's a lot to be optimistic about. You know we have a vaccine and and that's exciting to see um, that happening and and the impact on communities, especially our frontline workers and elderly. I'm hopeful because I've seen over the past couple months, just the communities coming together, people supporting one another, supporting small businesses, um, lifting each other up. And for me, community is everything. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just seeing the strength and the resilience and just the kindness and gratitude as... um, you know, it's making me hopeful. I know that in the past, you know, 2020 was hard on a number of levels, you know, just not even, you know, beyond the pandemic, you know, racism and, and so much, um, you know, inequality that, that really came to the surface that had been there for so long, but, but is, you know, right front and center. And I'm hopeful that we have so many that are taking a stand and taking action and working to create change around that and that we will see progress towards, you know, more equity, more equality. And that is in some ways what Elevate, where you are the CEO, represents and, and is responsible for, right? You know, that you have created this community um, that intends to change the culture of business 
I'm reading from the website, from the inside out by providing professional women with a supportive community to lean on and learn from. You know, Christy, 2020 was a really challenging year for women in particular. Um, Many people call it uh, the she session, Mm -hmm. the recession that started in the spring. Uh, More women lost their jobs. And I think if you look at it even a little bit more forensically, I would say this was a mom session. A lot of mothers out of either losing their jobs or out of the sheer sense of duty left the workforce to run the 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 chaos that was the home life now with zoom the zoom schools and maybe uh, an, a relative who was high risk and not wanting to go to work to expose them and so what is your are you optimistic i guess also at the same levels with the future of female professionalism in this country, given the hardships that so many of women experienced in 2020? I am. I think we've definitely gone backwards on many levels. You know, at Elevate, we are specifically focused on how we support senior executives in in the workplace, uh, how we're supporting you know, women entrepreneurs and, and business owners, how we're supporting managers, career changers, and across all of these Groups, you know, one thing that that has happened is again this sense of coming together. You know, it used to be that community was in person, and you would go and you'd meet people and build those connections. And what we've seen is on a weekly basis, groups of women coming together to share. Okay, you're looking for an opportunity. Here's how I can help you. You are navigating running a business in a pandemic. Here's how I can help you. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me. You know, we've certainly seen women leaving the workforce, disproportionately losing their jobs, bearing so, so much of the weight of, of what's happening during this time. But we've also seen the resilience around that and the support in the community. And, and why I'm hopeful is because there's a lot of things that were broken before. You know, broken mm-hmm. in structures, in you know the proportion of work, in you know access to opportunities, and now is our time to change that. We need to change those structures. We need to use this as a time for a catalyst uh, to create change, to do more, to make the workplace and the world more equitable. So, I want to be hopeful. I know oftentimes change. Maybe you take a small step back to take a big step forward. And I'm hopeful that we are on the precipice of a big step forward. Yes. And so much of this starts with educating the youth and you do so much work supporting girls and achieving their dreams, working with the Girl Scouts. What do you think is the important message to deliver to young girls today about the world they're going to inherit when it comes to things like their careers and their finances? I mean, I grew up almost with this understanding that to call yourself ambitious was not the greatest thing sometimes because it sometimes meant that then you wouldn't be able to have a full life at home and at work that ambition was exclusive to the workplace and and I and I think I mean I obviously didn't listen to that but I think that um, there is something to be said about changing the narrative and telling girls different things these days about the world that they're going to inherit. And so in your work, what do you find to be some of the advice that you're providing? I see so many things that get me excited. So I have three children myself. Uh, My daughters are six and seven. My son is 11. 
Um, I'm also an advisor to the Girl Scouts of Greater New York, uh, which serves over 40,000 girls in New York City, uh, more than half who live under the poverty line. And so with the Girl Scouts, my experiences are really centered around some of their initiatives um, on building courage, confidence, and character. Uh, One example would be their cookie program. We all know Girl Scout cookies. We know and love them. Uh, But the Girl Scouts have built this whole program to to train girls, you know, the skills around running a business, managing your inventory, um, you know, how to, to market. Uh, your your product. All of those are, are important skills. When we think about sales, for example, and I was a salesperson for a number of years and it was not a career I would have thought I went into. I thought sales was dirty. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, I learned a great deal about building relationships around negotiating contracts, managing P&Ls. Uh, all of that translates to the workplace. And so here at a young age, we're teaching girls those skills. Girl Scouts also has their Leadership Institute, where um, girls are building businesses, apps, apps with through a social lens that impact their communities. But they've got budgets, they've got uh, marketing plans, you know, timelines to launch. Those are skills that translate to starting your own business, being in charge of your own economic opportunity. When I think about my own children, you know, they're currently learning on computers, and um, I'm, I'm beyond impressed and wowed by how much they've even progressed over the past couple of months, you know, where they now know how to navigate Zoom or Google Classroom, um, how to do work on their computer. They're so self-sufficient. They've become so comfortable with that. And how does that then translate to economic opportunity to the workplace? Um, Mm -hmm. My son, for example, you know, knew um, was texting with his friends about the election and um, about, you know, other issues in the news before I would hear about it. You know, they're so tapped into what's happening in our world. And so that to me is, you know, this great foundation. We have children who are curious, who are learning in ways that we didn't, um, who are gaining exposure to ideas in, in ways that, you know, I certainly didn't in when I was growing up. And as parents and as leaders, how can we harness that and, and pull it in the next direction? So, you know, to your point about, about money, you know, I am sure as many of us, you know, had a, had a job, my summer job, and I would get my tips and I would deposit it into the bank. Um, and I kept my little written ledger so I could see um, how much money I had. But now there's apps, you know, to, to really manage how much money are you spending? How much are you investing? What does that look like? What, mm-hmm. what are the opportunities? It makes it fun. It makes it curious. It makes it exciting. That does give me a lot of hope. Hearing you talk, I'm like, I think my daughter, who's only three and a half, would really love the Girl Scouts because I can see how she just loves to... She's very self-motivated. And I think um, it's... Uh, it, that's a quality that can really be energized in an organization like like the Girl Scouts. You know, you brought up something about the acceleration that this generation and everybody really has had to have with their in, in, in their relationship with technology, you know, and while yes, it's great that we're also connected and we know how to Zoom now and how to, you know, um, decorate our our offices to be Zoom picturesque. And I do wonder though, what does that necessarily mean for the leadership of the future. And I, I talk to CEOs a lot 
uh, in my work who are working from home now. And I'm always like, how has your leadership style changed? And they have the benefit of not being always in a Zoom environment, that they can sort of leverage some of those in-person skill sets and apply them uh, virtually in some ways. But for the younger generation who may um, have more of a relationship with technology and virtual working and virtual learning, is that a good thing or a, a, do we have to reconcile with that when it comes to raising the leaders of tomorrow? Because, you know, good leaders have empathy and listening skills and they roll up their sleeves and there's teamwork. And I wonder, like, is some of that experience going to get lost on this generation because they just are so tech driven? I think it it certainly can uh, if, if we let it, you know, and that's I love the questions you're posing because that's you know, this, this important aspect of, of conscious leadership, but of conscious parenting, which is, you know, what are the impacts of this? And of course, sometimes you may not know, but it's thinking through, you know, what does this mean? Um, what, what is my child potentially missing out on? You know, I, um, I've been really impressed with our schools and they've, um, you know, my, my son's in, in middle school, it's fully virtual, but they're doing breakout rooms. They're getting to know other students. There's a lot of collaboration that's happening. Um, and it, but it's happening digitally and we're humans. And so the aspect, not just with my kids, but with the work that I do at Elevate of not being able to make those human connections and how would that translate into the way we engage with others in the workplace, um, it, yeah, that's an important question to think about. Uh, it is a concern about how, you know, a, a whole, you know, society that came from just, you know, getting to know your neighbor um, mm-hmm. has has had that opportunity removed. And so that's where I've been impressed with some of the innovation that's happening in this digital landscape. You know, how are companies, how are leaders, how are teachers, how are we all looking to you know, not just show up on Zoom um, or show up on on camera, um, but to build connections in different ways. You know, for me, for example, I've been picking up the phone a lot. I, yeah. I, I had moved away from that, from just calling someone and listening to their voice mm-hmm. and having a conversation. And now it's like, well, let me just give you a call. Uh, and that's, that's built, you know, bonds in other ways. Um, so I would say, you know, with my team, uh, for myself, for my family, you know, we really just look to, um, you know, examine all of these experiences and to be very intentional about how, you know, we are using technology um, to build skills or to build connections, to build awareness, but not as just a filler. Um, because I think that that's, for me, the concern is is when technology just becomes the filler, yeah. you know, for you know, mindless, just consumption. Um, we want to use it for, for learning, for connecting, for, you know, applying. Right. In addition to being the CEO of Elevate and you have the podcast, Elevate podcast, you also are an angel investor, I believe still with Pipeline Angels, Mm -hmm. which is an organization that supports, uh, women and non-binary women, um, social entrepreneurs creating capital for their endeavors. And so you talked earlier about innovation in schools, innovation at work. Where are you seeing innovation in 
invention and being someone who's at kind of at the forefront of seeing the future of commerce through these women who are coming to Pipeline Angels. What are what are what's getting you excited? What are you what's the future? <laughs> I guess. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about. It's um, you know, just different ways to tackle to tackle problems and through a different lens. I mean, there's such power in diversity and diversity of experience and diversity of thought. You know, there's not just one perfect solution to solve a problem. And I think there's a number of opportunities that haven't even been addressed because of, you know, the identity of, of those that were, you know, previously being funded or, or, or you know, getting the, uh, the platform to address those opportunities. For example, women's health. Really excited about what's happening in the women's health space. There's one entrepreneur I've been uh, working with who is focused more on uh, breast cancer screening and creating tools and technology to help pre-screening, to help make it more accessible, to build awareness around that. There's Maven who's doing some, some really great things in maternal health and access to telemedicine. Um, so, you know, I've been reading a lot of where we're going, you know, the the crystal ball in the future. And there's so much that has happened in the past couple of months or that we've been building towards a lot of these innovations that in the past, you know, seemed, mm, is this going to work? That That is working. That's now telemedicine is the future. Um, so I'm excited about seeing some of that. Um, but I'm also an advisor at the Villanova School of Innovation, Creativity and Entrepreneurship. It's my alma mater. And uh, when I graduated from Villanova many, many years ago, uh, we didn't talk about entrepreneurship. I mean, that was just not even... That wasn't something I had heard about. You know, I was in the liberal arts school and I never thought about starting my own business. And now the school has a whole center focused on innovation, focused on creativity that is centered not just on maybe the business school or the liberal arts school, but how do they engage engineers? How are they engaging nurses? How are they bringing students together from across the different disciplines to work together to collaborate that diversity of thought and experience? What are the problems that they're trying to solve? And then how can the school support them in that endeavor? And that that's meaningful. When we think about you know, small businesses, uh, something like 95% of the businesses in the US are considered small businesses or businesses under 500 people. Uh, but that's economic opportunity. That's the ability to pursue your dreams. That's the ability to solve your problems, to invest in your communities. So the more we're creating those structures, the system, the support, the knowledge and the awareness to uh, arm tomorrow's leaders with that skill, with the innovation, with the support, um, that to me is really exciting. And and certainly, if you look at some of the college students, they're still solving for problems like, uh, you know, yeah. kitchens, kitchen in your dorm room or, you know, a fridge in your dorm room or clothing swaps. Um, but they're doing it in different ways and certainly much more innovative ways than we have seen in the past. It's so nice to still see Elevate Network going strong. I remember when I first moved to New York years and years ago, um, there weren't a lot of opportunities for women who were ambitious and career-driven to really have deep, thoughtful 
strategic conversations about work in a formal way. And Elevate really, really solved that for, for so many years, for so many people. And now it's so, it's so nice to know that it has continued to be that resource and has evolved. Take us behind the scenes of Elevate. I'm curious to know what have been the conversations throughout the chapters, throughout the country that women are having about work and leadership and what are the top concerns or have there been some, you know, some proposed solutions that have been really, you know, exciting? Because like, I think sometimes the best answers come from within. We're waiting for policies to change. We're waiting for companies, for CEOs to make up, you know, to make up new rules and frameworks for work. But sometimes it's, it's those who are in it who come up with the best ideas. We've been hearing a lot of great conversations. I mean, I think, um, you know, one certainly in 2020 um, was many women wanting to know how they can really create change within their organizations, as especially around racism or equity and equality, you know, feeling like the organization wasn't taking a stand, wasn't speaking up, and how they would be able to best leverage their voice um, to create change. So we had a lot of discussions around that, um, which were really important and meaningful um, it's about, you know, how do we best support our our teams, um, you know, navigating this remote work environment. There's been a lot of research and articles around the strength of women leaders during this time um, to really support their their teams and their companies in, in a way that, um, you know, is tapping into that emotional intelligence, that's tapping into the communication skills, building relationships. Uh, that when everyone felt so disenfranchised or disconnected, uh, women leaders really led the way in, in developing structures and systems to support their, their workforce. Have there been um, discussions around the, the increasing need for a childcare support system in this country mm-hmm. um, and, and any you know, interesting revelations on that front. It seems like such an obvious solution. We just need universal childcare or companies to really step up and recognize their employees as whole people who have families and lives outside of work. Uh, but just wondering what's been discussed on that front as well. Yeah, on ac- across a variety of levels, you know, certainly uh, lots of conversations happening around creating boundaries. Um, between when, when all of your identities are in one physical location, how do you create those boundaries? How, how does that work? Um, really understanding the, um, you know, what's, what's said and what's meant, you know, so it's like, sure, you can work from home or sure, you know, flex schedule. Um, but is that really, you know, what, what's the intention behind that? Are those policies for real or are they just paying lip service and and how to navigate those situations? Um, You know, I think at the end of 2019 is when we saw uh, paid leave for the federal employees. Um, And there's been a lot of talk in 2020 around how that uh, can be uh, expanded um, into the the private sector, into companies. Um, what are some of those policies to put into place? I know, um, you know, on a state by state level, there's some some things uh, that are happening around funding paid leave. But I think one thing that that I've been hearing a lot about is around pods. <laughs> pods is the word for 2020 in many ways. But when we were uh, talking about kids going you know, remote learning for extended periods of time. Um, many communities try to create pods, so shared 
shared learning resources to support um, working parents and, and kids? And what are the ways to to really go down into community support in, in a bigger way? You know, how do we tap into community-based organizations um, and resources to better create a, an ecosystem of caregiving support? Um, you know, how that really manifests itself is, is yet to be seen. But I think there's, you know, the, the structure question um, and then the funding question. And, um, you know, there's definitely been some progress on both. We'll see what happens. And, you know, the rest of this year, I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah, we just got to keep these uh, issues top of mind. And, you know, it was just uh, recently that um, on a separate issue, which is about having more female diversity and more women of color and people of color on corporate boards. I'm sure you saw the headline about NASDAQ mm-hmm. um, in putting pressure on almost 75% of the listed companies that are not complying with this new rule, which is that they must have at least a female represented, represented as well as a person of color represented on their board, which is a huge statement. And um, considering 75% of their listed companies do not comply, um, I just love stuff like this. And I just want to know if, the, if you've seen ripple effects or you think this will have a, a huge ripple effect in the financial community. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it will. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, there was uh, in another piece that came out around the, the same time was um, out of, you know, a division of Bloomberg focused on environmental sustainability. And they were saying the diversity on boards led to uh, an impact on companies uh, taking action on climate change and environmental sustainability. I mean, we're seeing progress. We're seeing work happen. Uh, we can definitely look to other countries like Canada um, and, and Europe that have more board diversity and, and see the trends there. Um, but I mean, hands down, like we'll say it again and again, diversity matters. Diversity translates to results. Diversity of thought leads to more innovation, to more success. Um, I don't know why, you know, it's 2021. We're still talking about this, but we are. And yeah. I, I really hope to see, you know, change and progress here and, and not, you know, because it's mandated, um, but because it works. And mm-hmm. we're a, um, Elevate's a B Corp. I'm a, a leader in the B Corp women CEO community. And I'll tell you, you know, these are business leaders who are focused on b- business sustainability. They're running for-profit businesses like Athleta or Green Mountain Power, Eileen Fisher, Morby Parker. And, you know, part of becoming a B Corp is looking at the diversity of not just your teams and your leadership, but your board and your governance. Um, because that's, you know, what is at the, the foundation of how, you know, we, we create businesses that are successful, um, but also, you know, good for the world, good for workers, good for the planet. I look forward to these, these new measuring sticks of accountability and, um, quote unquote, doing the right thing. And just to clarify, I said earlier about NASDAQ. So it's, they need it. They want their listed companies to have boardrooms with at least one woman and at least one minority or LGBTQ plus person to their boards. That's not exactly equitable because we know like one woman is not going to like make up for all these lost years mm-hmm. <laughs> and of impact and representation, but you got to start somewhere. And then to make it a requirement is, is definitely refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, 
always inspired by leaders and companies who are taking a stand and taking action. Uh, it's great to see. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody check out Elevate. I think this is a great year to invest in your professional life. We saw a lot of that happen in 2020. I'm just curious, did membership grow in 2020? I have a feeling it must have. And it definitely did. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely did. Um, I just think, you know, for people want to feel more connected. They want to continue to build relationships. Um, but to your point from earlier, a number of women lost their jobs or navigating situations um, that they were unknown to them, you know, how to, how to balance it all, how to create boundaries, how to, you know, wear multiple hats. And so when, when that happens, um, being able to, to get support, to get advice, to get actionable insights from others translates, it translates into, um, you know, your well-being and that of others. So we're excited about the work we're doing and looking forward to this year ahead and continuing um, that impact. Christy Wallace, thank you. And happy new year. Happy new year to you as well. Thanks so much to Christy for joining us. Check out Elevate Network if you'd like to learn more about membership and Christy's podcast, Elevate Podcast. All this information is on the So Money Podcast website, where you can also grab the transcript and audio from today's interview. While you're there, click on Ask Farnoosh and send me your question for our Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope your day is so money.